3: Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling.
2: It's my
3: music!
2: You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
3: Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to to the music of pro wrestling it's all part of the voices of wrestling podcast network i'm your host andrew rich this is episode 116 and it's the first installment of a new series on the show here called music memories i'll explain what that is in a moment but today i'm joined once again by the captain of voices of wrestling of course it's rich kreich hello again rich
4: Hey Andrew, how? Uh, thanks for having me on here. This is what uh, third, fourth. I'm trying to. I'm trying to count in my head. I think fourth. I I, I think say? this is your
3: sixth time on the show here. Actually. All right. Never mind. You've been <laughs> on here a while. Up, so. <laughs> You've been on here a while. That, that's for sure. Definitely. Um, I'm annoying. they are got to be sick of me by now, right? <laughs> well, you're great to have on the show. I mean, I, I like you at least. So that's that's <laughs> well, something. As long as you like me,
4: I ah, screw the other guys.
3: Yeah, the listeners.
4: What do they know? They yeah,
3: know. who needs them? Who needs them? Come <laughs> yeah, on now. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I'm always glad when you're on the show here, Rich. That's for sure. It's, it's always a lot of fun. Um, though I will be seeing you in person, actually, really soon. Yes. Yeah, because absolutely. Because I'm going to be at All Out in a few weeks. Uh, me and a whole bunch of other VOW people, actually, are going to be there. And um, based on a certain announcement from a few days ago, I'm glad I'm going. That's for sure. It's going to be a, a very memorable event, I think. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm super pumped for it. Uh, it'll be my first wrestling show, actually, in, like two years so it's gonna be pretty exciting yeah
4: yeah it's gonna be uh i i would imagine AEW <laughs> all out seems like it'll be a pretty exciting show uh in the coming days we're gonna to listen to this and it's like one of the worst shows aw <laughs> people are gonna listen back a year later be like they didn't know like it was terrible cm punk held him up for thousands of dollars and Tony Khan <laughs> fired him after the show like it was a disaster <laughs> i don't remember so um yeah that was a, a part of me actually had the hope so i was obviously at rampage a few days ago Uh, And part of me had the hope, or, like, the weird, just kind of, like, because pro wrestling is ridiculous, uh, that, like, Right before CM Punk was going to come out, he was like, "No, I'm not going out. You got to put an extra zero on that check, Tony." <laughs> you know what I mean? So pulling a double uh, maybe, J right there. And yeah, then, right, yeah, right, right. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior, where Tony's like, "All right, get out there." and Then he comes to the curtain. He's like, "Get out of here. You're fired." <laughs> you know that would have been uh just pro wrestling is at its at its best. But uh, what happened instead was was much much better. So no, that would be awesome to go to that show and yeah, it'll be uh, happy to see you finally after uh, yeah, it been since WrestleMania weekend since last time we we had actually yeah. seen a wrestling show together at uh, the. Did the DDT show? We did a little bit of uh, you know, obviously, um, the New Japan Ring of Honor show. So it'll be it'll be uh, nice to uh, finally get back together. So
3: definitely, yeah. I mean, it's going to be my first time in the Chicago area as well. Yeah. I've never been there before. Um, I'm staying in Naperville, actually. Yes, which oh is, yeah, um, right,
4: in the, right in my territory, right in my zone. Yeah, so yeah. It's yeah. a
3: little bit away from the actual arena, I think, but uh, it's close to where you are. Right, yeah. Um, so. We should be able to, you know, get together with the crew beforehand and you know, eat some food and hang out and meet the nurse, all that good stuff. So, yeah. And and that's what I'm looking forward to, I think, the most besides the show is just seeing all you guys again in person after so long and, and hanging out and being together like a, a proper media weekend of sorts. Yeah.
4: It does feel like, yeah, it's, it, we're, we're long overdue for that, especially in it, with the world that we've had over the last two years. It, it'll be very nice to be like, hey, people and that I like, that I haven't seen in a while, and wrestling, and yeah. It, it'll be a lot of fun to finally get back together with so many people.
3: Yeah, it may not be as bonkers as the minion weekend we went to where... We just so happened to like bump into Shibata and just shook his hand
0: <laughs>
3: yeah, or the Maki yeah. Ito. It okay. Bye bye. See you. Okay. Thank you. Good longest, show. But for five minutes straight. The longest
4: goodbye ever. Yeah. As you go. Okay. Thank you. And she goes. Okay. Thank you. And you say great show. And she goes. Okay. Thank you. you say, bye bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Good bye-bye. show. Bye like, bye. Yes. Like,
3: somebody stop. Somebody move away. <laughs> or uh, or the Iron Chic like whizzing by us on a scooter in yes, the hotel that yes, time. Yes, yes, that yeah, just... I think
4: that same uh, I I I don't know if you were with me when Lex Luger ran me my foot over with a uh his wheelchair. <laughs> oh really? I went to go turn around and be like, "Come on, man, get out of it." And it was like Lex Luger. And I'm like, I can't yell at Lex Luger." <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what am I going to say to Lex Luger? "Hey, what are, look where you're going, pal." You know I said, Yeah, so, you know, I'm, I am I'm standing here. <laughs> Since I was in New York, I guess I could have told him that, but uh yeah. Well, well, I don't think it'll be that crazy, but hey, you never know.
3: Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, but uh But anyway, let's get to today's episode here, and uh, like I said earlier, this will be like the first edition of a new series in the show. Uh, Normally we come on and talk about and analyze the music of a certain wrestler or, or genre or show or what have you. We'll do something different here today. I'm calling this Music Memories, and really it's based on the premise of the show and the heart of the show, which is... The connection between wrestling and music and the importance of that connection and how so many of our memories and emotions of our wrestling fandom are tied to music in some way so with music memories i want to have on a guest who will then give us three personal memories from their wrestling fandom that are connected to music in some way you know chances are it'll be from a show whether it's being there live or watching it on tv but it could also be music from a wrestling video game, or it could be music from a TV show or movie that's about wrestling, even. You know, whatever it is, as long as it means something to you and it brings up those emotions again for you. And and to reiterate, we're not going to be analyzing the music here. I'll put the music in still, but this is going to be more of a casual conversation about these moments from our fandom, which we all have, you know, whether or not they're about music We all have these moments from our wrestling fandom that are just burned into us and we can recall them instantly and know where we were and how we felt. Those are the memories I'm talking about, Rich, you know?
4: Yeah, and it, it was it, when you when you approached me with this topic, it was one that like initially I was like, oh yeah, cool, I could come up with you know three pretty easily here, and then it became that weird thing that like you know you know ones, but then you're trying to kind of dig deep and go, okay, which ones really truly like stand out, and it, it was actually a fun experiment because then I was just thinking back, okay, let me think of when I first started watching wrestling, what got me there, what got me at this point, what got me at this, you know, and and that's how I kind of approached it is looking at my different you know stages of my fandom you know when I first started watching wrestling when I really started getting into it when this webs, you know different uh, parts of my fandom and, and and that I was trying to think okay what is the to me the defining music of that fandom and then you know for some people it might be as easy as like oh it's so clear what these three memories are in these three moments or whatever. So I think it's gonna be really fun. And I'm very excited to listen to these shows, uh, to see, you know, what people come up with and what those attachments and those connections are to those different, uh, uh, parts of music, whether, yeah, like you said, it could be from a soundtrack, from a, from a, a wrestling movie, from an event, from a live event, you know, like anything. It could be, it could be a saliva concert during a wrestling show. Who knows? <laughs> you know?
3: Yeah. My idea. Salt and pepper with Bret Hart, you know? Yeah, my idea was to not just focus on, like, one certain era of a person's fandom, but rather focus on different ones, like, you know, childhood, adolescence, adulthood. Try to, you know, have a variety in terms of the time periods and memories and so forth. And also, I'm not going to be doing this series all in a row, either. I'll be, you know, sprinkling these episodes in as we go along here with the normal episodes, just to break up the monotony, get things back to being a little bit more... Casual, like I said, a little more personal. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. That's for sure. Okay, uh Rich, uh, tell us what is your first music memory for us. So my first
4: music memory is going to be the uh, Highway to Hell from uh, ACDC, and for for fans that were around during the Attitude Era, and this unfortunately, if you go back and and, and want to listen to this on you know Peacock or WWE Network, uh, you won't know that this was the song. Uh, for SummerSlam 1998, but uh, in the build-up and the pay-per-view, and on every episode of Raw and every single commercial in the lead-up to SummerSlam 1998, "Highway to Hell" was the song that they used, and obviously that moniker stayed. That you know that SummerSlam, the subtitle is "Highway to Hell," uh, but the song you know is no longer to be seen because obviously they didn't buy the rights beyond you know maybe that one pay-per-view cycle or a couple months. Or I'm trying to remember even if the VHS copies of, of, of SummerSlam 98 probably, but maybe once it went digital or once they moved on to different platforms. Uh, it, you know, the Highway to Hell got lost from there. But, you know, to me, the reason I picked this as, as, as my first memory is I would become a fan uh, of wrestling back around, like, 1994-ish, but I wasn't, like, a hardcore fan. I would watch on Saturdays and Sundays or whatever, and, you know, I'd watch Live Wire and Superstars and that sort of stuff. Uh, and then I kind of, you know, I was with it. I kept one eye on it, but I wasn't really, really hardcore into it. Uh, and then by 1997, I became real into it. Uh, you know, the kind of midway through 1997, became real into it. And then early 1998... Uh, for people that were alive during that point, I mean, that is when it was just ridiculous. Like, everybody watched wrestling. Everybody loved wrestling. I was 11 years old. I was the perfect person to like that era of WWF because it was just swearing and boobs <laughs> and South Park wrestlers and just like the most, you know it was just perfect. It's like, hi, what does an 11 year old want out of their television product? Here it is. It's 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 craziness. It's it's attractive women. It's guys talking about their dicks. It's exactly what any 11 year old could possibly want. And and the reason Highway to Hell, you know, kind of stuck with me. and and, and the reason I came up with this one as well. Uh, is I'm doing a series on on the Voices of Wrestling Patreon uh, Patreon com slash Voices of Wrestling right now called the SummerSlam Scrambler uh, and in the intro to that I was kind of making the intro and I was going back and listening to old uh SummerSlam themes because I wanted to kind of you know make a mashup of a bunch of old you know SummerSlam uh, show themes and I got to the Highway to Hell and you know obviously that being the 1998 one and immediately just a rush of memories came over me and 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 I'll always remember that summer and that song and maybe that particular event that SummerSlam as like the apex of my childhood fandom because that is when, you know, in this very odd time, everybody loved wrestling. Everybody, When you wanted to go watch a pay-per-view, Andrew, believe it or not, there was multiple friends that would want (laughs) to, you know, have you come over to watch it. It wasn't just, hey, who are my only friends that like wrestling? Oh, let me (laughs) talk to them about wrestling. It was like, I had eight different houses to go to because everybody was going to order SummerSlam. It's like, man, who, which of my friends do I want to watch the wrestling with? You know, as opposed to, oh, my God, I only have two friends that watch wrestling, which is pretty much how it was uh, from 2000 to the rest of my life till today. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just it was a, it was an amazing time to be a fan, especially at that time. It, it just it, everybody was watching it. It was just yeah, it, 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 there's just a uniqueness about that summer to me. And when I heard that song, I was like, oh, my God, the rush of emotions. And it, it must have coincided with that summer as well. Uh, because I think that was my first year of of I went to a summer camp that year, and everybody in the summer camp to watch wrestling, and i I, I a you know, I had a bunch of new friends that all loved wrestling, and all we would talk about is wrestling, and we'd, you know go to people's houses and we'd wrestle and we'd play wrestling video games, and we'd just talk about wrestling and watch wrestling. And it's just like it consumed my life. It was my everything that year. And that song is kind of the defining soundtrack of that year of that, like, oh my God, this is something I'm going to love forever. Uh, and what I'd come to find out is that, obviously, 90% of my friends that I thought would all love it forever with me they all went away but I stuck around but that 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 just that summer to me felt like oh my god we you know I I and it was like a weird summer too because I was like with the cool kids because all the cool kids loved wrestling too and they like you know and and you know it was just a very very strange weird year but I'll always remember that night that summer of 1998 as like the apex of my you know youthful fandom for wrestling.
3: Yeah, we've talked before on the show just how, you know, ACDC in general is such a great band for a wrestling show environment. But I think this song in particular works so well for the time period you're talking about. Where, yeah, wrestling is getting more violent and getting more gritty and chaotic. And there's boobs and suckets and weapons galore. It's getting nuts. And it will be that way for quite some time. And this song, Highway to Hell is all about that same mentality, that wild, debauchery, going-down-in-flames, rock-and-roll lifestyle. That's all right there in the song. So contextually, it's such great timing and such a great symbol of what's going on with the WWE and wrestling in general, where things are just getting so over-the-top. And to this day, you know, we know Vince loves ACDC so much. The current SmackDown theme is an ACDC song, Are You Ready? But I think... Highway to Hell in '98 for that time period, it just has that like one little extra bit of contextual punch to it that makes it a bit more meaningful. I think, Rich, you know.
4: Yeah, like if this song was the the the, the song for this year's SummerSlam, like this exact same song, and all, it's like you said, it's not gonna have that same feel to it. And, and that that song, the lyrics of that song, the, you know, ACDC the, and, and they played, I mean, if you remember the build to this, I mean, there was so much fire and they were like walking and you know, they have a, the, there's a promo video and I think you can still find it on YouTube with the Highway to Hell uh, music and it's like you know the undertaker emerging from a window and he like jumps from a window into an alley and all the <laughs> the dumpsters are on fire and you're like what the fuck is going on but like that's kind of what that's like the aesthetic of 1998 raw it was dark it was kind of smoky it was gritty it was it, it was kind of dangerous you know stone cold steve austin in, the, in that same video he you know he's walking through the alley too and he's just stepping on glass and bottles are breaking all around him and there's you know police sirens just like in the background of you right now. <laughs> That's I kind of thought. <laughs> it was perfect. As you talk about Highway to the Hell, there's like police sirens that, uh, <laughs> behind you. But uh, no, it's perfect. And th- that entire song is that. And it just kind of, yeah, it fits that aesthetic of that time period. And I, I-, I do think if you weren't really... Watching or alive at that time, it might be tough to kind of comprehend just how important that era of, you know, wrestling was. And obviously, it's the attitude era and it, it's, it's romanticized so much by so many different people, but it just, it was a phenomenon. It's like hard to put into words just how big of a phenomenon wrestling was during that time period, where, like I said, it was, it was, you, you you had so many choices of who to watch wrestling with and what to talk about wrestling with. Everybody was wearing wrestling t-shirts. Wrestling t-shirts were sold in every single store. You'd walk into a Kmart and there's a whole rack of wrestling t-shirts. I mean, just walking the streets, people were wearing wrestling t-shirts. TV Guide, they were on the cover. Every single you know morning show, they were on. It was just nuts to be a wrestling fan at that time because it was the big thing in the world. And and and, and yeah, just that summer, you know, it was just the perfect age for me to start getting into it, just to get hardcore into wrestling and rent every video I could and watch every episode of raw and watch every episode of WCW as well. And it was just a perfect time period for me. So uh, it's a nostalgic thing for me because if I'd grown up in any other era, I don't know that I'd be as hardcore of a fan as I am today. You know, growing up in that time when it was just like the biggest deal in the world to watch it.
3: I mean, I am jealous. I am jealous of the people who grew up during that era where, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was a phenomenon and it was mainstream and it was cool. And, It wasn't just wrestling nerds like us who loved it. It was everybody who loved it. And I've said ad nauseum that I became a fan after that whole boom period, where it wasn't as cool and it wasn't as mainstream and there weren't as many big stars around. And you didn't have every single one of your friends be a wrestling fan like you. The trade-off, though, is that I think the wrestling nowadays is like, a hundred times better than it was back then oh for I sure mean, no i don't
4: want to ever go like going back i hate this in stuff. america i mean yeah i know. hate this stuff you know going back and watching the attitude era it's terrible i hate it i could I, I i basically never ever go back and and the SummerSlam is maybe one of these rare exceptions that's a pretty decent show uh in, in that era uh and you have a pretty good main event there with with austin and taker and there's some pretty good matches on the undercard with triple h and the rock and a ladder and that sort of stuff but no like I never sit down and go back and watch this era ever again. Like, it, it defined me as a fan. It made me a lifelong fan. But it's, like, it's garbage. It's just absolutely <laughs> terrible. Whereas, like, you know, the era that you started getting in. Because you, you were around, like, what, 2003? 2003, 2003, yeah. yeah, and that era is pretty good. Like, there's a lot of really good stuff in that era, really good shows. So I would always want to rather go back to that era. You know, SmackDown 2003 or, you know, the the, the 2003 pay-per-views. Or, you know, up up until about 2006 or so, like, Really good wrestling and really, really cool stuff to go back and look on. Whereas, like the stuff that I watch as a child, it's just like, this is terrible, this is really bad. I don't want to watch this, but uh, uh, like I said, for for an 11 to 12 year old, it was exactly what I wanted
3: at that time, uh, and, and definitely scratched the itch of what I was looking for. You just love the oddities versus Kai and Tai and the handicap, you know? You know? <laughs> and who can blame you? Who can blame you to be Dude, honest? The oddities you know? were, I mean, yeah, ICP, the oddities, I mean. Asian
4: stereotypes. What more could you ask for <laughs> in 1998? Is Jerry Lawler making, you know, racial jokes, ICP, and the frickin' oddities. You know, it's just, it's perfect.
3: So before we continue, let me just say that this episode of Music of the Mat is sponsored by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on Fresh. To make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. We're talking 50, yes 50, menu and market items to choose from every week. It could be meat, it could be vegetarian, pescatarian, calorie smart, family friendly. There's a plan for everyone to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. And at a great value, too. In fact, HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores. And with pre-portioned ingredients, you're not going to spend money on excess food and just throw stuff out. Which, speaking for myself, Rich, I can make spaghetti, I can put chicken in the oven, but when it comes to, like, measuring spices and herbs and finding the right ingredients for stuff it's not my strong suit okay it's so it's a pain in the ass more than i do yeah. if you think like the
4: worst thing to do is like you have an idea for a recipe or you're like hey i'm going to make this and then you got to buy this big giant onion and you're going to use like a sliver of it. And you got to buy all these cloves of garlic and you're going to use like one little bit of it. And you're going to use all this green onion and you're going to cut like half of it. You know, it's just like, oh my God. Like this is, so that's, that's one thing that I love about HelloFresh. I, I I've used this one. Not to, not to impede on your, uh, your read here, but yeah. The, oh, no. the pre-measured ingredients. I feel like I'm wasting less and I feel a little bit better about myself. Because at the end of the week, I'm, I'm throwing out that three fourth unused onion or the, 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 the rest of the garlic cloves. And I feel bad doing that because, you know. It's much easier to say, hey, here's what you need for this recipe. Here you go. Boom, it's there, ready for you right away. And, and it just makes it a lot easier. Because like you said, too, you're going to the grocery store. You're thinking about what you're going to get. Ah, I'm going to get the, you know, you, and then you're like, ah, screw it. <laughs> Why don't we <I> 20 <laughs> ingredients? And, but if they give you the ingredients, ah, that's a lot easier, man. It's only in a bag. You open the bag and they're all there for you. It takes 10 seconds.
3: All the pre-measured ingredients are right there. The recipes are all right there. It's just, it's so much easier and more convenient for me to get all that stuff in one package. Ready to go. So if you want to hop aboard the HelloFresh train, here's how you do it. Go to HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-14 and use the code V-O-W-14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. And that's the number 14, not the word. So HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-14, use the code V-O-W-14 and get up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Hello Fresh, America's number one meal kit. Okay, moving on now to music memory number two. Rich, what you got for us?
4: Yeah, so music memory number two is, uh, you, you mentioned and you know, I, I think you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, and you also mentioned it to me that uh, you can, you know, a video game music you can use as well, a, a song from a game. And when you said that, instantly something popped into my head, and I was like, you know what? You know what song like just immediately reminds me of being a fan at a certain time? And it is. I don't. I don't know if there's a title for this song, but everybody knows that if you've ever played W.F. No Mercy for the N sixty four, it's a Hot Diggity Dog song. I don't know what is
3: their name for it. <laughs> it's not Hot Diggity Dog. It's dig dig diggity dig diggity, or dig, diggity dog. I, that's yeah, it what it is. Sorry, yeah. um, but I think it's just like Menu Music Number One or whatever. Saco! Yeah. <laughs> it's, Break it. it.
4: <laughs> it's a terrible song. It's so weird, but. If you were in the menu of No Mercy, it just played constantly. It, it, it was the song that played the entire time you were in the menu, getting ready for a match, creating a character, doing whatever you were going to do in No Mercy. And, and and for me, the reason that I, I chose this one is it also represents a different period in, in my fandom, even though it's maybe a, uh, maybe two or three years after The Highway to Hell when that song really kind of enters my brain and just never, ever leaves ever again. But uh, it, it to me, it speaks to a period of time where nobody in my else uh, 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 in my friend group still watched wrestling. I was pretty much it. I had like one or two other friends that were watching it, but this is the time period where I think it, it became evident to me I think I'm gonna like this thing forever. Like I think I'm gonna like this <laughs> crap forever because all my friends were like, "Yeah, I'm kind of done," or "Yeah, I don't really. It doesn't. You know, there's not much for me." But like, no mercy to me represents a great period in WF history. Probably my one of my favorite periods in that company's history because it's all the great guys. You know, all the top top guys that were in in in, in the company. You know, 1998 and 1999 and 97 and all that sort of stuff. But then you also include the radicals in there. You get your Chris Benoit's, your Perry Sanders, your Dean Malinkos, your Eddie Guerrero's. Jericho like, Angle, just gets better. Yeah, yeah Jericho. And, and I'm like holy crap, like, my friends are, ah, you know what, I don't like it anymore. And essentially, they were there for the boobs and the dick jokes and all that sort of stuff. (laughs) And I thought I was too, but I wasn't. I was there because at that time period, I'm like, holy crap, this Kurt Angle guy's awesome. Like, I know he's a bad guy, but who cares? I don't care. He's an awesome wrestler. Like, I started, you know, recognizing what my fandom was. My fandom was like the sport of pro wrestling, the idea of it, the art of pro wrestling, all that sort of stuff. That's what I love about it. And, and, And that game to me more than anything speaks to that that, that you know that that level of, of, of fandom that I have because, you know, WrestleMania two thousand, which is a game that I played a ton as well, has like a terrible roster. I mean the, the roster is awful. It's you know, it's the blue meanie and Al Snow and it's like these <laughs> dredges of the attitude area. And you realize like, man, outside of like Stone Cold and The Undertaker and Mankind and some of these other guys, there's not a whole lot going on here in the rock and all that sort of stuff. And then No Mercy's like this great awakening. And it felt to me like it was a great awakening in my life too because it was like, okay, D Malenko, hey He's kind of boring, but I don't give a shit. This guy's an awesome wrestler, you know, Chris Benoit. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't end up working out. Well. But at the time, Andrew, <laughs> at the time, Andrew Chris Benoit was awesome, and asterisk I liked him at the time. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, one of my favorite wrestlers at the time. <laughs> Different, so, uh, but no, like it, it just it, it it awoke me. Like Triple H was incredible during that time period too, because he's just a, becoming a great wrestler, and and, and I think that's. You know, maybe it's not that game specifically, but it kind of is because I played a hell out of that game. And and what also it represented to me, too, is like they have the creator wrestler part of that game and you hear... That diggity dog song constantly while you're creating a wrestler and doing stuff and doing stuff and doing stuff and that's when I was starting to get into like the moves so I would sit there and create a wrestler for hours on end and watch every single move and study okay that's that move and that's that that's why all the moves I, I don't know you know moves these days and we, we on a flagship we'll be like hey Andrew what's the I am move? the moves nerd you're the moves nerd which is good because I was the moves nerd in like 2000 and 2001 but that's it. I at that point I ended it. I don't know any other moves any, ever again. But at that time period, I did because I was just I became such a giant nerd of wrestling, and I wanted to know every single move, and I wanted to know exactly what everything was called, and and how you did every move, and who did it, and and where that move came from too. And that started of open up my wrestling world uh, even more because I would I would you know. Look at a move and go, that's the that diamond dust. What the hell is that? Like, I've never seen this ever in American wrestling. Where did this come from? And luckily, you know, the internet had, had grown to the point where I could just go on there and look up moves on the internet and say, holy crap, this is a move that comes from Japan. Oh, there's wrestling outside of America. And it just, it, it represented to me just a completely big awakening of my life of just kind of growing you know, my wrestling sphere where all my friends stopped watching. It. Nobody else is watching it. No one wants to watch pay-per-views with me anymore. Nobody wants to talk with it anymore, but I then discovered I love this thing no matter what. And, and, and with or without my friends, I am going to love this thing. And, and, you know, no mercy also to me represents a growing awareness of the internet as well, because I would go on there to, you know, make my, you know, there was creator wrestlers at the time, which was not the good old days, these days where you can go on there and search for a guy's name and then download it in 10 seconds. Like, no, no, no. You you would have to print out a sheet of like, all right, so skin color, you know, go eight to the left, and that's the skin <laughs> color I chose, and and hair was, you know, five ten, you know, the eighth row, second from the left, and you're like, oh my god, it took forever to make these guys, and they never actually looked like anybody. You know what I mean? They looked horrible. They were, right, You're yeah. like, well, I guess that looks like Hayabusa. <laughs> like, you know, he's wearing not wearing a mask, but that's all right. He's got white pants. I guess that'll count. And it was just terrible. And then, like, you would have all the moves printed out, so you would go through. And, and from there, I just discovered a whole different level of the internet as well. People discussing these wrestlers. People discussing hardcore wrestling. People really that that dug, you know, the intricacies of wrestling just as much as I did. And, and and yeah, that game and that that song, for whatever reason, kind of represents that time period for me. And, and, and just, like, yeah, the great awakening of my wrestling fandom where I just decided, you know what? I love this stuff. And I love it in a completely different way than I loved it even two years ago.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success.
3: Yeah, as a kid, I did have the N64, but I never played No Mercy on it, or uh, WrestleMania 2000, or Revenge. My first game was WrestleMania 18 for the GameCube, which, you know, comparatively, not that great of a game. Um, WrestleMania 19 was a lot better. Day of Reckoning was a lot better. Uh, Here Comes the Pain, which to me is the best of all time. My absolute favorite. But I didn't actually play No Mercy itself until I got into emulators for a little bit. So... That was the first time, you know, downloading the ROM file and all that. That was the first time I heard Dig diggity, Dig Diggity Dog and SmackDown Mo. And all those <laughs> all those wonderful sixty-four bit MIDI songs and all their glory with the record scratches and the vocal drops and, and it's very much, you know, of its time in terms of quality, shall we say. Um but it's a very, you know, a very iconic soundtrack to a lot of people because, you know, they just spent hundreds and hundreds of hours in this game playing it non-stop and it just got drilled into them just over and over and over again so like is it the most stunning you know captivating soundtrack of all time no of course not but to a lot of people this soundtrack is hardwired into their brains so whenever they hear it or think about it it just elicits such warm fuzzy feelings rich
4: yeah, I, I have that also with uh, uh, MVP Baseball two thousand five. Uh, yes, is, is one that uh, for for PS two that like it's a. I mean, it's not the best soundtrack. It's a pretty damn good soundtrack though. It's it's pretty awesome. But like, it's just like me and my buddies would play that game like all summer for like like three months straight. We played that uh, that that game, and every song of that entire you know soundtrack, I just remember. And and one thing that you you, you should point out, like nowadays, or one thing we should point out is like nowadays, it's so easy to kind of mute your TV and and play something on on you know. Uh, a smart speaker you have, or you know your 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 Spotify, your video game consoles usually have something built into it, so you could just say, "Hey, you know, mute this song and play and play whatever I want on Spotify." Or you can have a laptop next to you and you're watching something on your laptop and muting the, the TV. Like in those days, yeah, you had stereos, you had the radio or whatever, but like yeah, you usually you were like, "Well, whatever these people want me to listen to, I'm going to listen to it because that's you know the so <laughs> so yeah, you would just you you gain like an appreciation or just this this you know weird sort of uh, affiliation I should say with with, with that soundtrack of that game, and and, and yeah, it it doesn't matter if the songs are great, it doesn't matter if it's a great soundtrack, it just kind of, it rests in your mind forever, and that's, yeah, that's what Diggity Dog kind of has for me.
3: Yeah, and it's like, to this day, people are still playing it, they're still emulating it, they're still modifying it with the mod packs that are around. Oh, the mods
4: are insane for this game. Yeah, I mean, there was a
3: TNA versus ROH one that I used to play back in the day, Um, and and an ECW one as well, it's like, it's pretty amazing, and and nowadays... The creativity is mind-boggling because you've got people putting in current wrestlers, putting in current moves, and making the moves like up to date. Yeah, and they're it, rebuilding the game. Yes, it's exactly. The they're rebuilding the game. It's amazing. And it's like, you know, does it look as good as it could if it was made nowadays? No, of course not. It still looks a bit janky. But the game is so beloved, and the game engine is so beloved, the Aki engine is so beloved that people have stuck by it all these years later. And, you know, honestly, looking at the quality of the games nowadays with WWE, 2K, whatever, I'd say you have a better chance of enjoying a game made, like, 20 years ago at this point (laughs) than when made, you know, a year ago or two years ago. It's pretty amazing in that sense, Rich.
4: Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. Unfortunately, yeah. I I was a huge wrestling game guy until – yeah, through Here Comes the Pain. I mean, I started – Earlier, like, World Tour was probably, no, actually, WF Raw for Sega Genesis is probably the first one that I really played uh, a ton. And then, yeah, when, once uh, World Tour came out, WCW World Tour, I was obsessed with that. Then I was obsessed with Revenge. Then I was obsessed with WrestleMania 2000. Then I was just insanely obsessed with No Mercy. And I, and I followed it all the way through until you started getting to kind of some of the SmackDown versus Raw games. And then I was like, ah, these are okay. Uh, and then the 2K games I just completely fell off of. And I, I probably haven't played a minute. Of, of a non-Fire Pro Wrestling game in, in, in probably a decade.
3: Yeah, here comes the pain and the first couple of SmackDown vs. Raw games. Those, to me, are, are pretty great. And after that, it gets a little bit, you know, up and down with the quality. But, but those games, for sure, are, are pretty great. And, um, I mean, nowadays, with, with the current games, you know, the bugs, the outdated rosters, the delays, I mean, <laughs> 2K22 just got delayed again to next year. And it's it's insane how how off the track it's gotten with the games. Um, But at the same time, you still have people banging the drum for No Mercy, banging the drum for Fire Pro, and here comes the pain and revenge and those kind of games. It's remarkable to see their longevity, I think. And it's funny, I mean, AEW made it a point to say, we got the guy who made No Mercy for our game. And, and people, they rejoiced over it. They rejoiced right, over right. the fact. <laughs> we're right. going to make our game
4: look like it's 30 years old. Yeah. And everyone went, yes! woo, yeah. Yeah. All right. Woo. <laughs> yeah. We're going to rebuild the engine, but it's going to be a lot like the game from 30 years ago. And everyone's like,
3: yes. Thank God. <laughs> you know, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. But uh, that's the thing with games like. The more complex they get, the easier they are to break. I think. Yeah. Uh, with glitches and bugs and whatnot, but um, we'll see what happens with the AEW game. Um, I mean, I have faith it'll be great given the people involved, but we'll see what happens. You know. So.
4: Yes, the people involved are gigantic dorks. So that that makes yeah. me feel a little <laughs> bit better. They those people think that rest, don't think video games are cool. They they wish video games were dorkier and that not many. So yeah, I, I'm pretty excited to see what they come up with. Yeah, for sure, for sure.
3: Okay, so let's get to the third and final music memory. Uh, Rich, tell us all about this last one here.
4: Yeah, so this one I'm going to go in a slightly different direction uh, as well with my explanation for it. But I'll start off at the beginning. It's uh, This Fire Burns from uh, "Kill Switch Engage is the, is the name of the song. And obviously that that one, for people that know, CM Punk's theme before...
3: Whoa, 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 Endeavor. whoa, Randy Orton. Oh, see, come on right, now. Show, right. Yeah, which Show the man some respect, that always please. Just, can you on. imagine
4: <laughs> Randall Orton... <laughs> sitting in the back and he's still pretty young at that point so he wasn't quite Randy Orton you know what I mean like <laughs> but like you
3: just you I'd love to see the look on that dude's face when he says you know what's my song and they play that and he just goes <laughs> like, we did the Randy Orton episode together you and I we joked about yeah. this last time too so <laughs> and he's just probably like mmm
4: okay <laughs> comes out what twice with it and then goes all right fuck that we're not doing that song anymore and then he hits the other song that he gets to but that song real but anyway um, so obviously starts out as Randy Orton's themes moves on to uh, CM Punk when he joins the company, uh, and then he has that until uh, he comes back in uh, 2011 with Colt's personality, and then obviously uh, in the news right now, one chick magnet punk in uh, Colt's personality. But uh, yeah, the reason this fire burns kind of sticks with me is uh, being there live at Money in the Bank 2011, which I, I've told the story a thousand times on audio, uh, is the reason this website exists, is you know, I went there to that show. Uh, and that song just left an indelible mark on me because it was, you know, the entrance music to CM Punk, and and before Friday, the loudest pop I've ever heard, the loudest, you know, <laughs> a communal wrestling event I had ever been to, where everybody in unison was all just kind of going in the same direction and cheering for the same person and yelling and screaming and doing everything they could to to go nuts. So that song always left that mark on me of like that was that moment, and 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 yes, yeah, the moment that inspired me to go home and and kind of create what Voices of Wrestling would end up becoming. But you know, more than more than anything with that song. It, it's lived on beyond just that for me. And it's not a song that I particularly like that much. Like, Kill Stitch, Engage, Gage, I don't like at all. <laughs> like I think they're pretty terrible, actually. It's, like, not a genre of music that I really like. But that song, to me, signifies just sort of, like, determination or, hey, I can do anything I want or anything I put my mind to I can do. And, and what it's actually become is a song that when I need to kind of focus or when I need to, to pump myself up for something – I listened to that song. And the reason I listen to it is is not necessarily for the context of the song and the, the lyrics of the song or whatever, but because of that memory it brings me back to to Money in the Bank twenty eleven, to being there in that crowd and being with my friends and jumping up and down and screaming when CM Punk won and and just hugging random strangers and, and just going nuts about oh my god, I can't believe CM Punk did this. He did it in Chicago, we did it in our hometown and 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 yada 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 and all that sort of stuff. So it is it it it's a song that now, like, you know, a couple years ago, it's probably five or six years ago at this point, uh, I was in a softball league and I didn't know anybody. I, I had just recently moved closer to the city of Chicago. I'd always lived in the suburbs. So I moved to a, to a town just outside of the city of Chicago and I wanted to join a softball league. I'd always been playing softball, but I always been playing with my friends in in, in in the town that I grew up in. So this is the first time that I joined a softball league as an individual. And I just said, hey, put me on whatever team you want to. It doesn't really matter. I just kind of want to play softball and meet some new people uh, and that sort of stuff. So they ended up creating a team of people that all signed up as individuals. It was just a team. So you had your normal teams of, you know, 10 friends that all signed up or whatever. And then there was this one team of of individuals that all signed up and and just kind of wanted to play and, and, and didn't have enough, you know, uh, didn't have other friends to play with or, or for whatever reason. So, you know, we joined this team and it, it's it's all, you know, individuals and, and we're not very good the first year. We're pretty terrible. And. You know, we but we found out that we, you know, some of us really like to play with each other. Some of us really liked, you know, we had a a decent framework of a team. We just had to kinda, you know, add some pieces here and there, add some friends, see what we could do. So we came back the next year with a few new friends and a few you know, I I had you know, I had a guy come in uh, who, who I knew that lived in the city and he played with it and, and and yada, 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 you know, people joined the team and we ended up becoming very, very good and we became a really, really good team almost immediately. And it was kind of cool. Cause like a year ago, we all didn't know each other. And now here we are as kind of this well-oiled machine that's, that's doing really well. Uh, and I'll never forget there was, you know, it was probably right around this time period, you know, you know, six or seven years ago. And we have our championship game coming up and, and, and the way that they did the championship is they had, you had to win three games in one night. So you had to start out at like 5 PM Play a game, wait an hour, play the next game, wait an hour, play the next game. And, like, you had to win three in one night to win the championship. And it was just this amazing war of attrition that you had to go through. And I'll never forget, like, as I'm kind of getting – I'm there. I'm a little bit early. I'm earlier than most other people. And I just remember listening to the song on repeat for probably an hour straight, just over and over and over and over again, just getting myself psyched up and getting myself ready. And you know we win that first game, and I play well, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, that's awesome! Like I'm inspired. I'm thinking of CM Punk. I'm, I'm thinking of Money in the Bank 2011 because I'm a gigantic dork, and that's what I do. So between the next, you know, the two games, you know, uh, you know, the other guys on the team are, are they you know drinking beers, they bought beers or whatever. I decided, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a walk. Or I'm gonna kind of go to this area right here. So I get my you know I get my iPhone and I put my headphones in and I listen to this fire burns again for an hour straight. We go, we win the second game. I play well, and it's like fine. Hey? Don't mess with us. You know, if it's working, keep going with it. So third game, same thing. They're you know hanging around doing whatever, and I say I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be by myself. I'm gonna go around the corner. I listen to the song. We win. We win the championship. I play well, and it was like from that point forward, anytime that I'm in like an athletic event that I really want to win, or or I'm really determined, I'm working on a project that really matters. I'm I'm getting focused for something. I'm, I'm I just whatever I need to do, I go to that song and I go to that wrestling memory. It, you know that song. Like I said, kill switch Engage does nothing for me. That song. By itself does really nothing for me, but it's that moment when I hear those songs, when I hear those opening chords of that song, I remember being back at the Allstate Arena. I remember CM Punk coming out. I remember the It's Clobbering Time. I remember you know fourteen thousand people screaming, and it just it gets me in a frame of mind that I'm just like I'm unstoppable for that moment, and 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 yeah, it's so far it's worked pretty well. It's 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 got a good uh, you know return. I don't overuse it. I use it for moments that are really, really special. But uh, yeah, it's it's it, it's it's just one of those songs and one of those moments and memories that that I'll always kind of go back to. Uh, and you know, it's a it's it's one of the big reasons this website exists. And B, it's something that still to this day I can I can use to get myself in a frame of mind to really go accomplish and do something. And again, it's so dorky, but it's because CM Punk did something and accomplished something on that day that that just it was such a communal thing uh, at Money to Make 2011. So. Um, yeah, that's, 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 I think my first, my third and final one.
3: It's a pretty great story, man. I mean, geez, <laughs> that's what I'm looking for for this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you on this one. Cause, um, the punk episode I did with Benno a little while ago, I mentioned that between this and Cult of Personality, I do have more of an affinity for this song. I mean, I like Cult of Personality, don't get me wrong, but I've heard that song just so many times over the years, whether it's with punk or the radio or playing Guitar Hero 3, you know, what have you, that, you know, I think this song, by comparison, it's not lost to time, but I do think it's a bit underrated because to me, this song just has that fire to it, no pun intended, that that drive, that oomph, that That opening, it just, it hits that sweet spot that Cult just doesn't quite reach. And again, I like Cult of Personality a lot, but this song just, it just hits me harder. And I think what also plays a part in it too is that this was the theme that punk had when I became a massive fan of his in ECW and just watching him, you know, climb the ranks and Do the pipe bomb and money in the bank and that whole entrance and that whole atmosphere. That was the song. So to me, this is the punk theme that I will always just cherish wholeheartedly, much like others would with Cult or or Misery of or whatever, Rich, you know?
4: Yeah, Cult of Personality to me and and I love Cult of Personality. I think it's 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 a great song and it's a great wrestling theme. But to me it, it it represents a more methodical CM Punk, a little bit more of a, you know, uh the the, the thinking's man wrestler CM Punk. Where this fire burns is just like you want to run through a wall after it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's kind of that era of yeah. Punk was was that kind of guy too. You know what I mean? He, he 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 was wrestling that style. He was kind of a reckless, you know, <laughs> wrestler and he would, you know, had a little bit more energy to the, to the way he wrestled. And that's not to say I didn't like, you know, I don't like his wrestling, uh, you know, in the cult of personality era and that sort of stuff. It's still great, but it represented just kind of a different CM Punk. It represented a different wrestling character. Uh, and like you said, those songs kind of reflect that difference in his character too, where, where, you know, when he comes back with culture personality, it is more of the kind of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm out thinking everybody here, CM Punk, where as this fire burns, it's just like, Fuck it, I'm just gonna do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat everybody. I'm, 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 I'm gonna prove that I'm the best. I'm gonna prove that I'm the best. Where Colt's personality is a little bit of like, yeah, I'm the best. You know, it's, it's got a different, you know, sort of uh, uh feel to it and 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 tenor to it. So uh, I'm right with you. I, I, I think, and to me, I, the, in in WWE, I 100% agree with you. This fire burns to me works a little bit better for 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 CM Punk, and I I attribute more of my fandom of CM Punk two of the fire burns than I do cult of personality, but uh, obviously an AEW cult of personality I think is going to work just a okay for me. So,
3: well, based on the reaction it got in the building, I- I'd say it's going to go <laughs> it pretty seems well. Like it's working, <laughs> so.
4: yeah, I don't think they're going to
3: change it. I-, I-, I mean, I I've rewatched that entrance and that promo segment. like 50 times at this point. Yeah. And it just, it never gets old. It never does. Just seeing him come out and the pure emotion in his face the, the glint in his eyes, the crowd reaction. I mean, it's, it's so perfect. And there's a point where he's on his knees on the ramp, just soaking it all in, looking around, and the song is playing. And when it gets to the part where it goes, only you can set me free, that's when he stands up. And oh, he goes, come nice. on, let's go! Like, wow. I, I mean, knowing him, it was on purpose. But I mean, that's just, that's one of those... Come on, let's go, baby. Yeah, yeah get into like, it. Yeah, that's
4: awesome. No, I mean, he, he thinks about shit like that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm positive that he knew that was coming at that time. So that's awesome.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it's still hitting me that CM Punk is back <laughs> and he's in AEW. Yeah. And he's going to wrestle Darby freaking Allen at All Out. And I'm going to be there. And we're going to be there. See it live. you are going to see it. I <laughs> mean, right. This I, I mean he is on a roster with Kenny Omega, John Moxley, Darby Allen, Hangman Page, Eddie Kingston, the Young Bucks, Chris Jericho, Christian Cage, <laughs> Cody, MJF, Miro, Andrade, uh Malachi Black, Pac, Lucha Brothers, Lance Archer, Sammy Guevara, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, FTR Santana and Ortiz Sting, like <laughs> Sting, it's right, insane. Rich, it's like
4: you forget. Yeah, you just forget Stings there, and I was there live at, at Rampage. I'm just
3: like, yeah, fucking Stings
4: here. <laughs> like you know
3: what I mean? it's like Sting, Sting <laughs> was looking down from the rafters. <laughs> To CM Punk, like <laughs> right. this is insane. And then after
4: the show, he's in there cutting promos with Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. You know, like Eddie Kingston and Sting are together. <laughs> you, know, you know, Eddie Kingston passed the mic to Sting and said, "All right, Sting's going to talk now."
3: It's, like- it's insane. It's insane. I mean, this roster is shaping up to be like an all-timer with just an embarrassment of riches, um, which also describes us, of course, folks. Riches, let's go, come on <laughs> but, uh, but, but no, seriously This is just a pretty cool time to be a wrestling fan I'd say, Rich Definitely Alright, well that's going to do it for this episode Of Music of the Matt. Thank you so much for listening And uh, Rich, thank you so much for being here As the, uh, I guess the guinea pig of sorts For the first episode of Music Memories I didn't know how this would go To be honest, but I think we nailed it So thank you again, this was a lot of fun
4: yeah thanks you thanks for letting me uh you know take a trip down memory lane and and ramble for a little bit about my fandom and <laughs> my wrestling fandom and yeah, I don't know i it'll be interesting to see if any song ever kind of eclipses those for me because now it's just kind of in cruise control my fandom like I kind of have to <laughs> with this website, but no, there's still moments that really speak to me and things that still do it but yeah those those three were pretty easy choices when you said, okay, which ones you know are are do you want to pick or hey can you let me know ahead of time which ones? Yeah, I don't know those just those kind of just work for me those seem like the obvious ones and and, and yeah'll we'll I'll be interested to see in my life and I'll be thinking about it now moving forward if there ever is anything else that kind of eclipses uh those three for me but uh, yeah, thank you again for letting me you know take that trip down memory lane and really uh uh you know really have something to to you know, think about and 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 you know kind of relive different parts of my fandom
3: oh absolutely it's it's always a blast, no doubt about it um, any plugs you want to give go right ahead.
4: Well, I would say obviously listen to Music of the Matt. You're listening to it now, that's good. You should always listen to Music of the Mat. It is it is my favorite show on the podcast network. I I always say That, that is on too. record. It is on record. I have said it. I like I like all of them, but I like you I like Music of the Matt the most. So that's the thing I don't want to ever come on Music of the Matt because then like I can't listen to it that week. So it's always <laughs> like damn it. I'm like now what am I going to listen to? So uh no, definitely listen to Music of the Matt if this is your first time. Uh, Andrew does an incredible job. Every episode is pretty much evergreen, so you can go back and listen to, what you say, what is this, 161,
3: you said? Uh, 116.
4: Jesus, you've done that many? <laughs> that's insane. It's uh, it's pretty nuts. i yeah. done that many shows.
3: No way. No, that's wrong. That's impossible. I mean, it's been going like four and a half years now. Jeez. over that actually yes. so yeah <laughs> that's incredible yeah but uh, anyway definitely go out and listen to any of those if this
4: is your first time listening to music of the Matt uh, also anything on the voice wrestling podcast network uh, definitely want to check everything out that we do uh, something for everybody on the network that's one thing we've always kind of prided ourselves on is, is no matter what kind of wrestling fan you are we have something for you if you're into the music of wrestling we have a podcast for you if you're into New Japan Pro wrestling we have a podcast for you if you're into AEW we have a podcast for you if you're into WWE God willing uh, we also <laughs> have a podcast for you too so there's something for everybody just Japanese wrestling we got a podcast for you game show quizzes we got you know, we have everything for everybody so uh, a lot of stuff there at the voice wrestling podcast network I'll also mention uh, the voice wrestling flagship patreon which I mentioned a little bit earlier that I'm doing now uh, this summerslam uh, series but uh, voice slash patreon we have a uh, price tiers for every budget one dollar five dollar and ten dollar price tiers uh, to get stuff from from there but a lot of retro content so you can have me relive my wrestling fandom if you enjoyed that uh, I do that very often I do kind of quarterly or, or, or monthly Um kind of nostalgic VOW retro shows where I watch a a pay-per-view from that time period, a SummerSlam if it's, you know, in the summer, a Fall Brawl if it's in the fall. You know, just different stuff uh to coincide with the time period. You have Joe, uh Joe Lanza's November Joe to Remember series, the world renowned November to remember series, uh also live uh voice of wrestling flagships as well. So plenty of stuff to get uh on uh, the Voice of Wrestling flagship Patreon, and then just in general, wrestling dot com. Uh, plenty of great stuff on there: columns, reviews, previews, all that other good stuff. Uh, and I should also note too the Voice of Wrestling Discord uh, as well. wrestling dot com slash Discord. Some uh, some great stuff on there, great discussions. Uh, it's been fun to, to to find this whole new avenue of, of, of wrestling discussion and there's a lot of great stuff going on there especially you know we've talked a lot of AEW here I mean that AEW channel is just always bumping all times oh, yeah. of the night I mean you can show up at 5 a.m and there's a thousand messages you show up at 5 p.m there's a thousand messages people just love to talk AEW on that discord so uh, voicearrestling.com slash discord uh as well and I think that's I think that's it for me so Andrew thank you so much for having me on here again
3: oh definitely yeah anytime anytime man and I'll just say that you can follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Matt. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. We don't have a Patreon ourselves, but if you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to voicesofwrestling.com slash donate and click the big donate button beneath the name Music of the Mat. If you donate, hey, thanks so much. You're awesome. Rate, review, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places, and of course, HelloFresh.com slash V-O-W-14. Use the code V-O-W-14 and get up to 14 meals free plus free shipping. Uh, Rich, thank you again, and I'll see you in Chicago.
4: Take care, Andrew. I'll see you then.
3: All right, for Rich Krejch, I'm Andrew Rich, and I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.
0: At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership.